Welcome to Soaring the Sky, a glider pilot's podcast. Hi, I'm Chuck, and today, hanging out with me, it's Chris. How you doing today, Chris? I'm doing good. Nice to hear your voice, Chuck. Been a while. Uh, yeah, it has been a while. It's good to hear your voice, too. Thank you. Appreciate that. So you are guinea pig number two. That's right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm honored. I'm, I'm extremely honored. It's, it's, uh, I've, been, I've been excited for several days now since I knew we were going to do it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, I'm having I'm having a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to have to ask you a question that I ask everybody, and that is, when exactly did your flying adventure begin? Well, I tell you, for me, you know, flying, I guess I was just really, really young. I, I think I was in loving airplanes before I even eat solid food. Uh, it was just, uh, <laughs> right. I just, I just loved them, you know, from the get go. Uh, I was raised on a farm, in South Georgia. We didn't live really close to any airports. Uh, closest airport was probably 20 miles, 15, 20 miles. And so my exposure to aviation was always whatever was kind of flying over or TV or air shows. My uh, parents were pretty good about taking us to air shows and stuff that, you know, they knew I enjoyed them. But my dad, he was kind of old fashioned, you know, he didn't care for, you know, the airplanes that much flying. He, he never did. He never has really enjoyed it like I did. You know, I, his horsepower and my horsepower were two different definitions. So yeah, uh, you know, growing up on a farm, you know, he liked the horses and the tractors. I liked the motorcycles and airplanes, but I enjoyed them. You know, as I got older, started getting more interested in them. Any projects I had in school, elementary school, it always had something to do with an airplane or something to do with the air. And, oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And then uh, I actually took my first flight. It was kind of weird. Uh, I was probably about 11, 11 or 12. We have a big farm expo that they have every year, usually in the fall, uh, over in Moultrie, Georgia. My dad and me and my uncle would always go. They would let me venture out by myself, you know, once I got older. Because you're talking about thousands of people and, I mean, just... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, farm stuff everywhere. And um, I was actually kind of venturing out one day, and I actually ended up on the flight line. Didn't really really do it on purpose. I had crop dusters just lined up, and I was like, man, you know, I love those crop dusters, and and uh, wanted to be one, and so I snuck over there, and I, I, I would ask each one, hey, can I can I sit in it, you know, and they'd let me sit in it, and I'd get in there, and you know, and pretend like I was Pappy Boynton, or, you know, Jimmy Doolittle on a, on a raid, or something, you know. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was playing around, well, I got out of one of them, and I walked over, and I saw a sign that said airplane rides, and I was like, man, are you kidding me? So I walked up, and I had 10 bucks my dad had given me, which is big money back then, and oh, yeah to eat, you know, while I was out and about and doing stuff. So I asked the guy, I said, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'd love to take a ride. And he said, yeah, sure, you know, it's 10 bucks, whatever. So I knew better than go and ask my dad. I thought, man, I'm I'm caught between a a rock and a hard place here. (laughs) Uh, If I go ask, he's going to say no, but maybe if I, you know, get forgiveness instead of permission. So yeah, right. Yeah, I ended up handing over the 10 bucks and uh, the guy had a Cherokee uh, 140. He took me up and we went around the pattern and landed and and I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, this is just absolutely incredible to get to do it finally, you know, to get to fly. And, and then from there, it kind of snowballed as far as, you know, my dreams and aspirations of what I really wanted to do. Had a chance to fly a couple more times, you know, with, with people and then actually ended up going in the Air Force. Uh, joined the Air Force and was actually flight crew. Uh, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, yeah I was on tankers, uh, KC-10 refuelers. Eight there, I was in the 8th Air Force station out in Louisiana. That's where the journey, I guess, really began for me in 1988. I took my first lesson, and uh, oh wow, just just uh, you know, incredible. And 
just enjoyed it and uh, ended up getting my private. I started in uh, actually downtown airport there in Shreveport, and the instructor, really super nice guy, he, he flew with me. He said, man, you're, he said, you're really a natural, Chris. So you just, you know, you handle it real well and your coordination. And, you know, I, I, did, I didn't tell him, but, man, I've dreamt about flying all my life. I feel like I got a little uh, something going on here, you know. And, but he said something odd to me. He said, you know, Chris, he said, uh, you know, living in Shreveport here, he said, you have a unique uh, uh, situation and uh, opportunity. He said, there's a place called Lucian Field. He said, that's where all the sure enough, good, sharp pilots learn to fly. I didn't really understand what he meant at first, so one day I took a ride out. I'd like to never found this place. It was absolutely in the middle of nowhere. The airfield was, the, air, the actual runway was 15 feet wide. Oh, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, and 1,500 <laughs> feet long. Trees on both ends and both sides. It was literally like a matchbox that you just dropped in, you know. And, and my first few flights, uh, it was quite interesting, but just loved it. I mean, it was you know, found a good instructor, somebody who was very patient on the ground and in the air. Long story short, ended up getting my license while I was in the Air Force and then uh, continued on. I actually, when I got out of the Air Force, I w- was working uh, down in Brunswick, Georgia, flying and working on planes, uh, doing some flying down there for uh, a company that had a contract with the DEA and the uh, U.S. Marshals. They would pick up drug drug confiscated planes, tax evasion, that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. was, that was inter- that was quite interesting. And uh, ah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then then I finally you know kept going. I got my instrument instrument license, um, instrument ticket. You know, really went from a private pilot to a more precision pilot. You know, uh, you know, instrument flying, clouds, bad weather, that kind of thing, and uh, flying with your eyes closed, right? Basically. Exa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like uh, I had a friend of mine. Well, there at the club in in Cumberland, he was working on his instrument and. Uh, we got out of the plane one day. He said, "How you know? How do I do?" And I said, "Man, you did great for somebody that never saw where he was going." You know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right? So, yeah, but and just loved it ever since. Uh, just I would fly when I was younger. I'd fly anything that would I could get started. You know, and and uh, get a chance to fly. And I've met just wonderful people over the years, including you, especially you, and and you know, and everywhere that I've been with the clubs. And um, oh, and thank just, you. It was just a you know a dream and. You know, having two sides to the the aviation world is not not just planes. You know, you find that out real quick that it's planes well, and then it's people. You know, and it's and we are a big family. You know, that's the cool thing I found about that. And it's just everybody is you know so friendly. It's it's just like we're a big family, and absolutely. it's it's awesome. Absolutely, and, and and one thing that always struck me just just in awe of people who are generous, the generosity in the pilot world whether it be gliders or power or, you know, rotary wing, the, the people that you meet that have planes, uh, you know, I have been just so blessed that everywhere I've been in my travels, you know, Indiana for eight and a half years and then the Cumberland area for three and a half, almost four and, and meeting people and you meet people who had planes, you know, and they said, Hey man, you know, you can fly my plane, you know, once they kind of get to know you and, and, and see what you can do. And, um, and that's such a such a wonderful thing for somebody who you know is getting started or you know their their finances or you know it's tough it's and it's not a cheap hobby it's you know no. it's, and it's just but it's so wonderful to meet people that you, you're just you're just in awe of their generosity and and you know and and, I, and there's always bad apples everywhere you go I mean but there is I mean you can't let it let that get you discouraged because right. it doesn't happen very often but exactly. yeah like 
like everywhere, there is a couple here and there, but that's right. I remember meeting you, and then later on, you know, you're talking about flying, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm going out out to fly about being generous, and you're like, hey, you want to go flying? And I remember that flight. We taxied out and got on the runway, and you said, hey, it's your airplane. Cause, <laughs> right, you know, I remember that. I do remember. All right, because <laughs> I had flown a little bit of powered and. I talked to you a little bit about that, and sure. So that was that was really a fun day. And then we took off, and I believe we went down to Petersburg and flying. We did. Everywhere. We did. I remember. I remember that, and that that we had a great time because we uh, it was a good flight because it was a beautiful flight. You know, you fly the gap down there. You, um, oh, it is so pretty going down that way. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, and it's it, it is is when you can when you're flying along there in the mountains are a little bit higher than you. You know, it's just a it's just unbelievable. A sense of, uh, as as Pink Floyd used to say in one of their songs, it's suspended animation, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's just, you know, and I was thinking the other day, you know, every time, not, well, not every time, but when when I take off, you know, and you, you pull, you push that power in and you're, you're rolling down the runway and, and I'd say 75 to 80% of the time I think to myself, can you imagine doing this for the very first time? I mean, you know, like the Wright brothers, you know, the very first time that anybody, no, nothing had ever flown except birds, you know, and, and, and that goes through my mind sometimes. Is what were those guys thinking? I often think about that, too. I, yeah. I went down to Kitty Hawk because oh, I, I wanted to see it, you know, and I, I didn't fly there. That would have been cool, but we oh, drove. Right. Yeah, really. Because my wife, you know, she, she won't get an airplane. I I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe maybe someday I'll get her in an airplane, but right now she won't. So we did have to drive down, but <laughs> just standing there, you know, and thinking about what were they thinking when, you know, they're oh. taking these flights and they're getting, you know, each one is getting longer and longer. And what do they think? It's like nobody's been in the air and these guys are just they're right. doing it. Yeah. I mean, and the dangers, I mean, every I mean, everything that every, all the wind that hit them in the face was you didn't know what was going to happen. I mean. I can't imagine, you know, and 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 just the, the adrenaline rush and these guys and and to keep pursuing it, you know. I'm sure they had heartbreaks. I'm sure they had people that told them they were crazy and this would never go anywhere. And yeah, they were they were working on bikes. They're building bikes, and then you go from bikes to <laughs> right. hey, let's let's build this thing and see if it'll go in the air, and then we'll yeah. get on it. You know? Yeah, paper mache, you know. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, bamboo, uh, <laughs> some bamboo and some uh, paper mache or paper or sheets, right? These bed sheets, yeah. Flying them like a kite, and they're like, "Oh, let's get on that kite." You know, they had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's like, right. it's like what? <laughs> oh, I know. It's it's amazing. And to me, I, and I still get that thrill even today. And I, you know, I tell people, and I've, you know, people that are scared to fly. You know, you're talking about your wife, and and my wife enjoys it, but she can take it or leave it. Now she right. doesn't like IFR as much in the clouds. You know, she likes to be able to kind of see. But I tell people all the time, they're like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I'm scared to death of flying." And, and I tell them, I said, "Well, look, you know, if you're, what are you scared of? If you're scared of crashing, or you know, I said dying. I, I said, you know, when you drive home from work every day, I said you pass within three feet of death every time a car comes by you." Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, and and it's funny in some of the young eagle stuff that I've done over the years, and you know, the kids are funny because they, you know, they don't really. There's some that see, you know, danger and they and they're they're very reserved, but. Most of the time, they're they're the the best, you know, the fun because you're trying to uh, spark that interest, and even in adults, you know, it's. Um, I tell people if you ever experience it, one time, I mean, and and can get over that fear because there's always a fear there. I mean, 
I'm, I don't, I'm not crazy about climbing on the roof of my house. I'm not crazy about, you know, getting up on a grain bin or something like that, but flying yeah, it, and it, control. You know? it, yeah. it is different. Like, I hate getting on my roof, and people are like, but you fly gliders. Why, <laughs> I don't understand. I'm like, look, it's different. I'm, I'm in a is. cockpit. I feel secure, and I'm good. You know, I'll, right. I'll fly anywhere. It's awesome, but, yeah, get me off the roof, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like, my knees are getting shaken, and uh, – and of course, my knees shake sometimes when I fly too. You know, you have those days where you get the adrenaline rush, and the, and your your my hands still get sweaty. You know, your palms sometimes depending on what kind of flying you're doing. You know, and but that comes from respect. You know, I yeah, you, yeah, you respect it absolutely. Right, it's like a bike, a motorcycle. You know, I said the, the minute that you don't learn something every day, you do it, and you know, you lose respect, and you start getting complacent. And that's one thing I've always kind of learned from my military days and and stuff is. Once you start getting complacent, that's when things start breaking loose, going different directions, and you know you kind of you can't deviate from a lot of stuff. But um, yeah, you definitely have to stay focused all the time. You can't right. can't that's let your guard down. Exactly. Yeah. I have to ask you about your first solo because I mean mine was was awesome, and I know yours was <laughs> too. But tell me a little bit about your first solo. Yeah, uh, I remember it very well. Uh, it was probably, I want to say my first solo was probably, it had to be around the end of 88, 89, beginning of 89. And I can remember, you, you get this sense, you know, this sixth sense thing that you know you're getting close. And you, you start feeling like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And most of the time, the instructors will kind of trick you a little bit because, you you know, when you start working on your landings, you think, you know, oh, they're going to be here with me all the time. And then, you know, he's putting you in that spot where, okay. You're, he's really doing them. I mean, you're, you know, I'm doing it, but he's kind of there. But yeah, I can remember knowing I was getting a little close, and we took a flight down to Mansfield, Louisiana, little old crawfish hole in the wall airport, you know. And we had gone down there, and we did some touch and goes. And we, the last touch and go that I did with him, he said, "Hey," he said, "Pull in here to the to the FBO here at the office for a minute." And I said, "Okay," and then we pulled up there, you know. And, I was getting ready to pull up there, and I was going through my shutdown checklist, you know, and I've been trying to impress him for the last several weeks, you know. Months. Right. And he's like, oh, no, don't don't shut it off yet. He said, uh, he opened the door up, <laughs> and uh, he he stepped out, and I, he was a funny, funny fellow. I'll never forget him, named Gail Gabbert. Uh, he was my first instructor, super nice guy. And uh, he said, hey, he said, uh, tell you what, go ahead and take it around the pattern. He said, do three uh, three takeoffs and three landings, uh, full stop. When you get done, come on in. I'll have a coke wait, waiting on you. No, okay. And I got to look at him. I looked at him like he had two heads. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh boy, this is this is it. You know, and uh, so I taxied out. You know, and there's a, you know, I know the rudder was probably going back and forth, back and forth, because my the legs were just like feel like jelly. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm sweating to death. You know, and it's already hot in Louisiana, or of course it might have been around January or February, but. I can remember taxiing and getting down to the end of the runway, and I stopped, you know, and I'm looking both ways, and I'm trying to make, I'm making all the calls on the radio because it was just a little field, and I remember pulling out, and I'll never forget lining up down the middle of that runway and then taking that power nice and slow, you know, and then I can remember just the feeling of when you go from, you know, you're rolling down the runway to ground effect, and then it's like, man, it, it's, it's the loneliest feeling that I, I think I, I've ever had, you know, and the plane, people laugh about this, but the aircraft, it flies different, you know. Oh, it does, absolutely. You know, it's lighter, and it performs a little bit better, and I can remember that thing getting off, just leaping off the runway, 
and I'm holding it, you know, and I'm and I remember thinking about my grandfather. He he flew in the Navy um, in World War II, and and I remember just oh, all these nice. things just hitting my mind, you know, all of a sudden. I'm thinking, man, this is just great, you know. And I'm looking around, and I'm standing in the pattern. So, you know, I come around, land, stop, go, whatever. So I got done, and I taxied back into the, the office, and uh, my instructor was standing there with the uh, airport manager. And I, I walked in, and he said, hey, he said, uh, nice job, nice job. And he said, hey, he said, uh, you know how many times you landed and took off? And I went, I don't know. You said to do three. He said, well, you did six. And uh. <laughs> And I said, I did. I didn't even. Re- I said, honest, honest to God, didn't even realize it, you know. And uh, I remember the airport manager was just laughing, and he reached in the drawer and he pulled out a pair of scissors. And I thought, scissors. And I thought, oh boy, here it comes. And they do the old ceremonial cutting the tail, you know, the shirt tail. Just, yeah, of course. Got a big magic marker and wrote on it, you know. And and uh, man, what a what a proud moment that I, I felt like, you know, you accomplish things in your life, you know, whether it's college or school or, or anything, you know, your driver's license and that kind of stuff. But man, that day, you know, that I got my, you know, when he signed my medical certificate back then, they'd sign them, you know, saying that you, you know, in your logbook that you, you can solo now, you know, just what, what liberation you feel, you know, how liberated you feel. And I mean, talking about drinking, cool, you know, drinking the potion. You know, yeah. and thinking you're just, oh man, you're just strutting around like a turkey, you know, for, for a while. <laughs> you oh, know? like I don't need. Yeah, this. you definitely are, right? <laughs> you know, I don't need this guy anymore. And, and of course, after you do your solo, you know, the real, the real fun starts with your cross countries and. Um, oh yeah. You know, you're really, you know, back in, of course, back when I did my solo and then started doing cross countries, we didn't know what four flight was. Uh, you know, we didn't have we oh, had charts, yeah. and I can remember just having charts laying all over the plane. I couldn't fold them. They were blowing around inside, and if you didn't know where you were at, you would find a town, and you'd buzz the water tower and <laughs> see where it was at and try to, you know, it was just crazy stuff. Of course, now you just hit a button now, you know, with this iPad, you know, the, the technology has really changed the game. And it has. Play. And that's another whole, probably another whole podcast, but, you know, they talk about people looking inside so much now that, you know, it's yeah. it's it's starting to be... A concern because sure. when it when it's down to it, you know, you got to fly the airplane and right. you got That's you got to right. look out out and around you all the time. And it's but yeah, like I said, that's that's probably for another time. But oh yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. I mean, I, I know my first solo was yeah, it was definitely one of those moments in your life that <laughs> it's huge. You know, you're like wow, it's, like you say, you go back to the Wright brothers and it's like you know how many people have soloed an aircraft in the population of the of the world and in respect of not a lot so no, it, no. it is something definitely proud of oh absolutely and, and i just had those figures in front of me just a few weeks ago uh, i get plane and pilot magazine comes in and they'll do statistics all the time and they had the statistics and i, and I want to say and, and i may be completely crazy but i think there was only like 600 and something thousand certified pilots in the united states right now uh general, okay. avi- general aviation pilots and yeah and what was so amazing is uh i've got i've had a chance to do some flying in alaska oh wow that that yeah the, that'd the, be amazing oh it's unbelievable and we were doing some stuff with some mission work and and um just unbelievable and i remember reading that 52 i think they said 52 percent of the population of alaska actually has a pilot's license and for obvious reason, because there's not many yeah. roads and 
kind of have to right right yeah and i just thought that was amazing i thought wow you know what a good excuse to get your license you know if you're living in alaska but <laughs> yeah stuff. And, and you know when you're talking about solo you're doing your solo and of course most people out here won't know what me and you are talking about right now but when you soloed you know in the back of my mind i was thinking of marvin you know and i'm thinking when Marvin said you was ready for soloing, you was ready. You was, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, you know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. People out here won't know what we're talking about, but people that know Marvin, you know, it's funny because he was. Uh, I took my first glider ride, you know, with him. Uh, yeah. When I was doing the towing, when I when finally I joined the club and was a tow pilot, and of course we had to take a couple of flights, and it was amazing, you know. And it takes getting used to when you don't hear that motor running and when that tow plane, you know, when you pop that rope and uh, you're on your own, you know, is that. The, I, I, anybody that has it's even thinking about flying anything, they ought to take a glider ride. They ought to find a uh, a club, soaring club somewhere, and really almost do that first before they ever get in anything with power. Just just to just to hear that wind and and be able to just know that it's just you know you're using the elements of the earth. You know what I mean? To, to oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I, that would because my first glider fly. I mean, it was it was everything I thought it would be. But it was nothing, nothing like I'd ever done, you know. Yeah. Just incredible. And and Marvin, you know, I, I can remember he'd get ready to say something now. He'd be in the back now. Listen up now. Listen up now. And, <laughs> you know, he he'd tell me something, and whatever it was, it was it's getting ready to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Oh, I always said, you know, when he when he goes up, if he says there's not lift, eh, there's nothing up there. I mean, you're not going to find right. anything. That's so you may as well just hang it up for the day because it's not <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah, he's like the uh, I don't know what you'd call it the uh, uh, lift whisper, you know, like you said. Right. Yeah. He can be on the ground and tell you. He can just look at what's going on, which which most of the guys can. But yeah. yeah. And uh, you had Gary on a while back. You know, I used to love hearing Gary talk about all the different the wave and you know we'd stand there and as a tow pilot, you know, I was trying to learn that too because I wanted to be able to find where the lift was too. I wanted to be able to could tell which direction I needed to go and, you know, to, to, to give them the best flight, you know, and you learned something, like I say, it was just, it was just a great, great experience. And yeah, I loved it. I loved it immensely. We miss having you up here, but. Oh, me too. I, I really do. It's cold there. I think right now. Oh uh, yeah. You, you probably don't miss it right now. Cause it, it's, <laughs> right. it's about to be zero here in about the next 24 hours or so. So. Oh dear. Yeah. That, that part <laughs> is, uh, that part you, you got out of, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'll that's, take yeah, some that's, of your weather down there. Yeah, it's like the frozen tundra in that year. Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, I grew up uh, part of part of my childhood. I grew up in northern Minnesota, so that mm. did prepare me quite a oh. bit because I've been in forty below. So right. zero is still cold because it's been many years since I was up there. So I, I, zero is cold, but yeah, I, I do remember briefly, very briefly, because my parents like get back in here walking out it's like 30 or 40 below and your lungs like immediately hurting it's yeah, like right. yeah you got <laughs> like hair immediate pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah everything's froze up immediately yeah yeah it's not uh i tell people all the time there's mountains up there too you know you're flying and it, it's just a different world and then you know that cold I, you know it's and i do miss the seasons of that you know I, I, down here they just it goes from you know it's like spring summer summer a little bit of winter and then back to summer again but we do have some good flying weather and most of the time of course summertime we're always dodging storms but um oh yeah that's that's pretty interesting too but yeah yeah i, I miss it and i did I, especially the towing side i just i don't think i've done anything flying wise in a long time maybe never that i enjoyed as much as towing 
you know i just oh I that's good to hear yeah yeah it I was nice really. to have you tow for a while we we had a lot of fun had a lot of good flights with you and it, oh, it was it was a fun experience we did i, I enjoyed it immensely yeah it you was. know it's funny you're talking about weather and you know cold and and as far as even summertime and the heat people don't think about it but you know, I tell tell people, yeah, I'm going to go soaring today. And they're like, man, it's going to be like 85 degrees. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, you don't understand. When I get in a thermal, it's going to be like 72 when I get up there. Right, exactly. You know, the, the temperature drops, and they don't think about that. They're like, oh, really? I was like, right. yeah, it's, it's I can stay up there all afternoon to be comfortable, you know? That's exactly right. I'm telling you. And then yeah, the higher you go, yeah, I mean, you figure what, like it used to be standard two degrees. Yeah, it just, it just gets yeah. more comfortable. So, yeah, yeah. I'll take a. 85 90 degree day and find some good thermals and yeah stay close right there hey circle the field are you there <laughs> you know? i didn't lose you did i okay sorry we just had a little bit of well it's probably froze yeah right <laughs> yeah, yeah on, on my end obviously yeah, yeah on your end that's right <laughs> what was one of your most memorable flights whether it be in a glider or powered what is that flight that really sticks out in your mind whether it was a good flight or bad flight just kind of stands out in your mind I guess when I was doing my cross countries, I came up to my 300 mile cross country. I, I remember that. And the cross country was going to be from Shreveport, Louisiana, over to Paris, Texas, Paris, Texas to El Dorado, Arkansas, and then back down to uh, Shreveport. And I can remember being, you know, nervous. I'd already done my 50 mile, you know, a couple, three, whatever it was, and ready for the big one, you know, and back then we had to sit down with the instructor and really do a weather briefing. I mean, you know, I mean, it was one-on-one, you eyeball to eyeball, you know, and uh, we did have the luxury of having one computer there at the, at the airport to uh, do a weather check. I can remember leaving Shreveport and thought, okay, Paris, Texas, you know, and then back then, of course, you, you know, you were either dead reckoning or using VORs and that kind of stuff, and oh yeah, I remember landing at Paris, Texas, and I thought, okay, you know, I got 100-mile leg out the way, and I went in and, you know, had some free Kool-Aid and maybe a couple cookies or something and and I got ready to go on the flight. Well, when I first taxied up and shut the plane off, the line boy come out. Yeah, how you doing, sir? And I said, hey, you doing good. And you need anything today? And I said, yes, sir, if you wouldn't mind, top, them, you know, top off the fuel for me. And because my instructor said, look, get fuel everywhere you go. Just, you know, don't worry about it. And uh, I said, okay. So I went inside. And of course, you know, he fueled the plane up and I paid the bill and, and uh, walked back out. And I got in on my side, the pilot side, left side, and started the plane up, did all my checks, run-up checks and everything, and taxied out. And I can remember it was so cool because there was a PT-17 old Stearman biplane that was taxiing in front of me. Oh, sweet. And I thought, man, that's cool. And, of course, back then we didn't have cell phones. I couldn't take a picture. But right. <laughs> this is in the air. And some of the younger people are going, what? And, uh, but <laughs> this was like, you know, this was like 88, 89, you know in a stone age i'm taxiing out and you know he leaves and i'm thinking man look at that thing you know and um, it's a tailwheel too and that was my next that was kind of my bucket list even then but it took a while but so he takes off and leaves so it's my turn so i'm i'm powering up you know and i'm i'm going down the runway i lift off and i get maybe three or four hundred feet above the runway and all of a sudden i hear this just ungodly noise framing i mean it sounds like the motor's coming out from under this thing it's it's just bam 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 bam, bam, bam you know i'm looking at all pressures and i'm looking at everything i'm thinking what is going on here you know so i immediately i announce you know hey i'm turning left crosswind you know downwind coming back to the airport and to check it out so i came around i landed 
And uh, as soon as I landed and kind of pulled the power back and I was taxiing over, it quit. I thought, man, you know, all the gauges were good. Everything was in the green pressure. You know, I knew I had plenty of fuel and the guy, you know, and I'm looking. So I taxi, I taxi back to the FBO right there, the where the, the, the office is at. And the guy came running out. He came running out to me and I'm thinking, well, he's coming out here. So either he, you know, something's not right or he's checking on me. So he comes in on the passenger side again and he opens the door and he reaches down. He says, hey. You might want this, and the seat belt, the metal seat belt piece that clips, had actually fell out the seat when he opened the door the first time, and so when he shut the door, it was just hanging, you know, outside the plane. Oh, no, yeah, just banging up against it. Yeah, and so, you know, and I swear to God, I walked around the plane, looked at everything before I left pre-flight, you know, and but I didn't see that thing just hanging right there, kind of next to the belly, you know, up on the where the door shuts. <laughs> And I was like, I didn't know whether to be embarrassed or mad or what, you know, I was just like, man, that thing scared me. I remember thinking, well, thank the good Lord, it wasn't nothing serious. You know, it was yeah, just, really. Relieved. Yeah, I was. At yeah, the I same relieved. time. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, okay, you know, so I took off the next time was fine. I went straight to uh, El Dorado, El Dorado, uh, Arkansas and uh, landed there uneventful, fueled up, went back to Shreveport, had a full day of it. I would say that was probably one of the. People ask me something, you know, a lot of people ask me, say, well, you don't have, have you ever had any incidents or accidents? And then I said, no, yeah. I, I, I really haven't. You know, that was probably the closest thing that I ever had. I've had flaps, you know, not to come up, you know, like a short or something in the flat motor, you know, electric yeah. motor, some of the Cessnas and, you know, you just kind of dealt with that and, you know, reach back in your training and deal with it. But yeah, that was probably one of my like off shucks, you know, Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. and I've had several more, but. <laughs> that one comes into play you know i've had uh i've lost electrical power you know complete electrical power before and oh yeah wow and that's always fun because you're right you know you're flying along you know, you know and it's awfully quiet all of a sudden you didn't hear anybody talking you know you know, right yeah and it's <laughs> what like, is wait going a minute, on? my radios ain't working and then of course my fuel gauges are reading zero because there's no pot you know and uh, that was a terrible feeling but i knew i had fuel because i you know fueled up when uh that particular flight but but yeah, but I yeah I've been very blessed. I haven't had any any real any problems. You know, uh, I think a lot of that goes back to uh, you know your foundation, your training to be yeah, able to catch things. You know, catch things early. And uh, and that's what you know mentioned Marvin earlier. That's one thing you know my wife said you know way back and when she got to meet Marvin and she mm-hmm. you know I would tell her stories about flying. She was always good when I was going to the airport and flying with Marvin because she knows that Marvin was really safe i mean he's just a safe pilot and he's uh, he's he makes you know like you said if if you're gonna solo with marvin you know you're ready to solo because he's right. just he's just you know you know you know oh, you're ready yeah a compliment just, coming from him you know it, it it means more than it would maybe with some people even when i was towing you know i was like you know uh my goal was to you know tow as as best i could and you know keep keep them you know going and quick and all and i remember marvin you know he was you know he always seemed like he was pretty pleased and i thought hey as long as he's happy <laughs> you know rest, <laughs> rest of these guys you know what you get in line you know, <laughs> you know? and uh because yeah i mean in the same there's and I, I tell you as a pilot really there's nothing anybody can probably say any better about you is saying you know, hey you know he's a safe pilot you know he's not going to yeah. do anything and that's the one pride that i always had you know being a member of the eaa uh, Experimental uh, Aircraft Association and being a young Eagles pilot and uh, which you know we have to go through some uh, basic 
training knowledge kind of stuff, background checks uh, for obvious reasons because you are uh, working with kids, you know, and that kind of stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of young guys, but uh, the safety aspect of it, you know, that <clears throat> I always carry that even one more step, especially being involved with them because you're taking a lot of young kids and yeah you are yeah trying to spark that interest you know and i would say i would actually say probably some of the most interesting flights probably came from the you know the young eagle side of it because you know kids are going to say the darndest things as they say and yeah they're, they're honest that's for sure yeah they yeah what comes up comes out and yeah and, and it's it's been it's been uh probably one of the more rewarding things that i've done flying that you know as far as the young eagles and and trying to spark interest um I have flown probably well over a hundred kids in the oh, last wow. nine years, probably. That's great. I would say probably I know of at least three that have uh, actually made a career out of flying. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's always great to hear. Yeah, I mean, and, and they remember that too, you know, because it's all oh, volunteer. Yeah. It's all volunteer. You know, I always had to budget my flying, you know, and 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 how much I, I was going to be able to spend and. So I would always do that and volunteer to fly. And I'd usually do about two hours, you know, uh, at each rally. You know, you might fly 10 kids, you know, in, during the rally, you know, but it's it's volunteer. You know, we pay for it out of our pocket. But to see those kids, you know, enjoy it, and especially the ones that really may not have ever been able to be exposed to flying for whatever obvious reasons. It could be, you know, finances, finances. it could be location. You know, like me growing up, I, we didn't live close to an airport, so my enthusiasm had to be either through television or looking up and seeing a plane or an air show, you know, something. Yeah. And you know, some of those kids may never get back in the air and they're always going to remember that flight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, and I've kept up actually when being in Cumberland, you know, and when I would do the rallies, a lot of times I'd be the only one, you know, show up and oh, well, yeah. to fly them. And, um, so that kept me busy taking them up and stuff. And, and usually I always try to work it or parallel it with the soaring club. Several of them would come out, and I can remember doing a rally, and I'd be taking off with maybe a couple kids, you know, or two kids, and maybe a parent in the back, and uh, they would look over there and say, "Hey, hey look at there! There's a plane way over there," you know, and I said, "Well, that's a glider. That's the, you know, they, you know, that always spark it like that. Hey, well, you guys ever been in a glider? You know, you want to go down there? Just drive down there, and you know, I think there was a few that did. I think they, you know, came out and did some introductory rides and. Uh, and kind of sparked it, you know, that way too. So it, it works hand in hand. It's you know, the community, like you were saying, everybody's like a big family, and and yeah, looking out for each other, you know, when something happens. Or yeah, that was always a lot of fun, you know, working with that organization. And uh, you know, and I and I would encourage anybody out there that would uh, that wanted to get in, maybe get a little taste of it, you know, find a rally, find a Young Eagles rally somewhere. Uh, most airports can tell you whether or not they have them or not, and if they don't have them, they can probably tell you where to go or the website, EAA website, you know, and it's free. We never charge a dime, and the parents can fly if they want to with us. They normally jump in the back and take the ride, and a lot of times they, they've never flown before either, so it's a it's a really nice situation all the way around to introduce, you know, to, to AAA. Yeah, to, to both the parent and the child. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's very rewarding, you know, and anybody out there too that, has access to an aircraft or a plane that wanted to get involved with that, I would say it's uh, a very rewarding, very rewarding uh, vocation to get into. It's you a, don't it's, have to fly. You, know, you ain't got to do it every time. You know, there's time yeah. to fly somewhere and eat breakfast, and, and you know, you may not have time maybe to do any flights, but most of the time I do try at least a few. Yeah, it's it's a great program, uh, and I, th I think 
I believe it was a couple years ago. Was it Harrison Ford that did like the one millionth flight for Young Eagles? Right, it sure did. Yeah, two or three years ago, sure did. And that was, uh, yeah, right before he landed on the taxiway. Um, yeah, that that was a pretty cool story. I was actually there that year, and I missed. Oh yeah. I, I missed him by one day. Oh, I, I got yeah. there like the next day, and I heard he was there, and I was like, Oh, are you kidding me? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be my luck. Yeah, like. I miss you know missed the um, opportunity to meet him because he is a um, he re- he really is an awesome awesome pilot. I've never had an opportunity to meet him, but I've had some webinars and stuff that he's actually had been involved with with the EAA and um, oh nice very interesting. Uh, the guys uh, I know he I know he's had a few little things happen the last few years. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, getting old and you know trying to stay sharp and fly. But uh, the guy's pretty I mean sharp you know and plus he crashed in a you know he landed. A plane in the middle of a golf course, you know. Yeah, in a pretty populated area, but he was able to put it down in the golf course, which oh, was yeah. which was amazing. It is. I mean, because those are situations that you know we always hear about the bad. You know, I mean, you, you know that. I mean, a glider go down or a plane in general aviation. You know, you always hear about the ones that go down, but you, you don't, don't hear about all the good flights. Right. Exactly. And and the ones that you know landed here and there. And I've always flown. You know, I've flown some twins. You know, some multi-engine stuff and but mostly single engine instrument and uh i'm flying a mall now uh m uh an m5 235c the 235 horse plane it's a bush plane i love it uh tail oh, wheel. Nice. I, got my, I got my tail wheel endorsement last year that was uh that was uh just absolutely awesome bucket list uh that i always wanted to do and i've heard a lot about it and that people that talk about it are like super excited about it you know yep it is, and it's something I wanted to do because all my life, all my aviation career, I've heard of you know people like yeah, a tailwheel. I mean, they're just different, you know. And a tailwheel pilot, man, they're the best pilots, you know, because it's sticking rudder. I mean, it's getting a tailwheel endorsement is unreal, especially when you do it in a high performance plane like a Mall, and uh, which I did, you know. And and I, <laughs> an old friend of mine, he's uh, 80, he's 88 years old in Covington, Indiana. Uh, Jack Dillon, love him to death, tailwheel expert. I'm telling you. He gave me my first taste of tailwheel when we were living in Indiana. He'd always tell me, all right, and he said, Chris, take your time. Don't taxi fast. Put this thing, you know, when you take off, make sure you're centered down the runway. He said, ain't like a nose dragger. And, you know, he'd be <laughs> like, and he said, and never forget, he said, this plane will embarrass you. if you uh, Right. You know, he said, a tailwheel will embarrass you. And I, when I fly now, I always think about what, Jack, you know, he's still flying. That's yeah, awesome. he's just an awesome guy. And, um a whole bunch up there just so generous flying and, and letting me use their equipment and the planes and stuff yeah it's awesome I, I i really am glad i did it probably if i ever get a chance to buy my own plane I'll, it'll probably be a tailwheel you know just oh that, nice yeah yeah just uh, just because i just love it and you know we had a tow pilot there in uh, cumberland you know um I, I was trying to think of his name he had that satabra you know rich yeah yeah really yeah junior yeah and uh he had that satabra man i used to just watch them tow you know but that's the top and I was like, man, that's just great. You know, I want to get my tailwheel. And so I finally got to do that. So that was a real milestone for me at my, you know, getting, getting it done and really transitioning to that kind of thing. Well, Chris, I'm going to ask you one more question here. Sure. I've, I've had a lot of fun talking with you tonight. Today. Oh, man, it's, I have too. And I could, I could be honest with you. I could talk for a, a lot longer. I, I might end up making this a two part, two <laughs> part podcast. That. Oh, that's a that's a good thing, you know. They they have to tune in, man. We talk. That's right. That's right. They have to tune in for the second podcast to see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to yank him in that way. 
That's right. Leave them hanging for a little bit, and then they can hear part right. two. That's right. Yeah, literally leave them hanging. That's right. Right. <laughs> What would you say to, you know, whether it be a young person or, you know, someone that's even older, you know, close to my age or your age, what would you tell them, you know, they want to, they want to start flying. What would you say to them? I'd say do it. I I mean, it's just, it's one of the most exhilarating things that I think anybody can do. Uh, Man, woman, young adult, you know, there's a lot of people out there, uh, young, young adults that actually have gotten their pilot's license before they even got their driver's license. Um, Yeah. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Yeah, you read about them all the time. It's not cheap. You know, people ask me all the time, well, how much is it going to cost me to get my private? You know, and I think the I think the national average. You hear different numbers between eight and twelve thousand. I think that's a little high. Uh, I think it's actually really high. But you know, I would say do it. Just go take an introductory flight if nothing else. But I'd say take an introductory flight at your local airport. Find a little airport somewhere that's off the beaten path. Um, you know, like Cumberland right there. They, they have a couple people that teach there, you know, different places. And I would go to them and just say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Always wanted to do it. I may be scared to death and I may go up and I may say, you know what, it ain't for me. But at least give it a shot. Just, you know, and enjoy it. You know, like I say, introductory flights are usually very cheap. I have heard of them doing introductory flights, you know, really for pennies. I mean, it was not very expensive at all. And then if you make the decision to do it, then I would really research or do the research at the same time uh, of, of who the instructor is. Um, oh, yes, absolutely. Very important. Yes. And I, you know, when I did my instrument, my first instrument instructor was terrible because I was trying to get it done and tough it out. You know, it probably ended up costing me a little bit probably more money than it should have to finish it up. And once I got with a different instructor, man, it went like cake, you know, right. Yeah. And it was, it's not anything personal. It's just, you know, uh, teaching techniques, uh, uh, personalities, that kind of stuff. And, you know, but I would say research instructors along with the school, you know, safety record, that kind of thing. And then just take the plunge and always, you know, Always remember that that flight instructor, as smart as he is, he's working for you. You're paying him to learn how to fly. Well, a friend of mine right now in Cumberland, uh, he got with an instructor for his instrument. He and I would fly together, and I, I would be the safety pilot and then let him fly under the hood. He would tell me, man, you know, he's he's doing this, and I can't get a hold of him sometimes, and he's not real patient with me. And I finally told him, I said, look, man, get rid of this guy. I said, because you're paying him you know, to teach you. And I said, if you don't feel like you're getting anywhere, I said, you know, find somebody else, you know, I mean, they're, they're, he's not the only one, you know, and, and he finally did. And uh, I haven't talked to him in a while, but he, it's been going pretty good last time I talked to him. So, be, you know, just be careful about it, but, uh, you know, make and, smart decisions because it's not cheap. It's a very, it's expensive hobby, but so is golf. You know, I don't really play golf, but uh, there you go. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know golf clubs are pretty expensive, even at Walmart. And, yeah, that's right. But yeah, I mean, but I would just, I, I just do research, you know. Hey, go with, uh, AOPA, uh, Aircraft Owners um, Pilots Association. Uh, they are a very good resource in flight instruction. But, uh, but yeah, I would say just, man, take the plunge. Just give it a shot, try it. You know, I know it's probably not for everybody, but man, I tell you what, it uh, one of the most rewarding things that I, I think anybody can to do to be able to, uh, you know, fly an airplane. Oh yeah, amen to that. Gary talked about it the other day on on the other pod on the first one, and um, you know just how just how great it was to get it done. So yeah, I'd say man, come in the family. We we, we'll take you right in. That's right. We definitely (laughs) will.
That's right. That's right. Well, thanks, Chris. It has been a lot of fun. Thanks oh, for taking your time. I know that time is important to all of us, so it means a lot for you to come on here and, and share your time with me and share your time with listeners. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and it was an honor for me, Chuck. And I, I just want to say that, and I, and I told you this before, that, uh, you know, thank you for doing this because I, I think there's people that that are just looking for, you know, in, answers and information on general aviation. And it's easier now to get things, you know, off the Internet and podcast and videos but no thank you for uh thinking of me and and thinking of the general aviation family and and taking your time and and doing this and uh sacrificing and and getting this information out so i I really thank you for doing that well thank you i appreciate that i am having a lot of fun and i do feel also that it is very important i'm glad i started it i i talked about it for a long time but i'm glad i'm finally finally doing it and i'm very thankful for people like you that are that are going to come on the show and share your knowledge and also share your stories even just aviation enthusiasts and feel free to you know drop me an email sure absolutely you can drop that email at chuck at soaringthesky.com you can also check out www.soaringthesky.com so check that out and any questions shoot me an email thanks again chris hey Thank you, Chuck. It's good to hear your voice, man. I miss you guys. And tell everybody I said hello. And and I'm going to try to get up there maybe when it warms up.